Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. I hope that you were here last week to hear Reverend Dan Kane's profoundly life-affirming sermon following the death by suicide of his brother-in-law, Creighton Jensen. Darren, I'm so glad you're here this morning, and our hearts go out to you. Thank you for coming. One of our guests last Sunday was a woman who has not been in church for years. Following the suicide of her brother, she had lost her faith. God only knows what moved her to come through our great doors, but she did, and she wept through Dan's sermon as the terrible grief took her and shook her once again. Only this time, she said, this time she felt held by the extraordinary love of this spiritual community. She has returned home to the West Coast and will find our church there. Thank you for caring so deeply and so well for one another and for extending the reach of our prophetic hospitality to the not yet befriended among us. I heard this story and felt honored and proud. What does it mean to you to have cast your lot with this congregation, with this faith, to show up here and worship and help and give money to the offering, to say good morning and mean it, and to do what you can to be a better human being, which is to say to hold against your heart the commitment to love, service, justice, and peace as you go out into the new week. To me, it's all an expression of the divinity within each of us, all an expression of serving the divine. Unitarian Universalism has a very wide palette when it comes to the divine and probably more words for it than any other faith tradition. The first and seventh principles of Unitarian Universalism declare our covenant to affirm and promote the inherent worth and dignity of every being and respect for the interdependent web of life with which we are inextricably linked. You can interpret that as you will. I hear intimations of the divine, what humanists call love, Quakers among others, the light within, Christians, the Holy Spirit, Jews, Shekinah, Muslims, Allah. It is what Hindus, Jains, and Buddhists bow to in Namaste. I deeply believe that we're all talking about the same thing, but what is essential appears to get lost in translation, as evidenced by the fact that wars are raged over whose God is the most almighty. If you read Greek, you know that Jesus never said the kingdom of God is within you. 
The accurate translation says, the kingdom of God is among you, which is to say that the highest expression of the divine is in community. Vietnamese Zen master and peace activist Thich Nhat Hanh reportedly said that the Messiah will not come as an individual, but will manifest as a community. These are the words of an American Tibetan Buddhist Lama. After I had trained in India with a highly revered Rinpoche, I developed such respect for his lineage. These teachers had carried the pinnacle of Buddhist realization for centuries until he brought it out of Tibet. On one of my last days with him, I was walking the three miles out to his cottage, practicing the taking and sending of compassion. All at once, my understanding of the lineage grew. It wasn't just the high lamas. It was the devoted tea ladies who fed the pilgrims on the way to the lama from their roadside stands. It was the old herders and the Tibetan traders who visited and supported him. It was the clothes washer pounding his clothes down by the river, the cook in his kitchen, the herbs that grew in his garden. The world was serving my teacher and he was serving them. Srinim Karoli Baba, a Hindu teacher known affectionately as Maharaji, established temples throughout India and taught many American students in the 1960s. Ram Das, arguably the best known of these students, asked his teacher how he might become enlightened. Maharaji famously responded, love everyone. When he asked about the most direct path to awakening, Maharaji answered, feed everyone. Love everyone, feed everyone, serve everyone, remember God. And it may and may not have been he who added, it is better to see God in everything than to try to figure it out. I love the stories of nomadic Arab culture whose foundation is the practice of hospitality. Two of my North American friends saved their little bottles of toiletries from hotel stays to bring with them to the Bedouin women. In the women's tent, there is much grooming of one another, and to come bearing a gift of product is to make fast friends. As a young man, Buddhist teacher Gail Fronstahl traveled to Morocco and far out into the Sahara where he and a companion were welcomed in by a Bedouin tribe. For three days, they were lavished with attention and beautiful food. It felt like we were kings, Gil Fronstall recalls. But after I returned home, I realized I had understood it wrong. It was they who were the royalty. They who showed us the true generosity of kings. There is no other way to survive walking across the desert than to rely on the kindness of strangers. To welcome and serve others is law, which is the point of the biblical story of Sodom and Gomorrah. If we don't practice hospitality, it says, we can expect a rain of fire and brimstone. But to welcome the stranger is to serve the divine. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Service is the expression of the awakened heart, writes Jack Cornfield.
But whom are we serving? It is ourselves. When Gandhi was asked how he could so continually sacrifice himself for India, he replied, I do this for myself alone. When we serve others, we serve ourselves. The Upanishads call this God feeding God. He continues, a wise spiritual community must serve something larger than itself. If people gather in community primarily to alleviate their own isolation and loneliness, to have their needs fulfilled by others, they become like a group of children, and the community inevitably fails. But if their vision and creativity is in service to the sacred, to the larger common good, there is a better chance for a healthy and wise community to grow. For many years, the Moore's restaurant was owned by an old Portuguese family in the far west end of Provincetown, not far from Herring Cove. In the mid-1900s, it was rebuilt in a matter of days after burning to the ground. Actually, it was rebuilt in a matter of nights. Every evening, whole families would arrive at the site. The tradesmen who had already been at work all day nonetheless unloaded their tools and set to helping get the place back up and running. The women would cook dinner for everyone over huge open fires. As darkness fell, all the car headlights would be turned on and the work would continue into the night. What had begun as a tragedy evolved into an extraordinary outpouring of support and help and ended in the creation of not only a restaurant, but of a more bonded community. This story appeared on the cover of the menu, and I never ate at the Moors without the feeling of longing that I could have been there with them. Have you ever experienced something like that? My memory takes me to a childhood summer in the deep woods of New Hampshire, working with other teenagers to build an outpost for a Girl Scout camp, helping to dig my neighborhood out of the blizzard of 78, and Arlington Street's many trips to New Orleans post-Katrina, working together to gut houses and put in a garden and help with the rebuilding effort. There is absolutely nothing like the experience of meeting a disaster or sharing some great purpose with an all-in spirit. I have been utterly touched and changed by such times, and without fail feel more than a little adrift when I return to normal life. Last weekend at my college reunion, there was a moment when I found myself standing in a group of old friends at whose center is a woman who is diagnosed with cancer in the spring of our senior year. She is very much alive and well, but we were told at the time that it would in all likelihood kill her. It bonded us in a way that defies explanation though it has something to do with the way our best selves, the divine, can manifest as we serve in community. <coughs> Indian mystic and spiritual teacher Mare Baba wrote, the scope of service is not limited to heroic acts and great gestures. They also serve who express their love in little things. A word that gives courage to a broken heart or a smile that brings hope in the midst of gloom is as much service 
as heroic sacrifice. A glance that wipes out bitterness from the heart is also service, although there may be no thought of service in it. When taken by themselves, all these things seem to be small, but if these small things were ignored, life would not only be unbeautiful, it would be unbearable. Life is made up of many small things. This, then, is how we serve the divine, not so much with grand gestures as with the daily work of our hands. Mother Ann Lee, founder of the Shakers, said, hands to work and hearts to God. Community is a vehicle in which we can serve the divine, and even in community, it is critical that we attend to time dedicated to memory and reflection and a realigning of the compass needle of our soul with the true north of our divine calling. Worship, prayer, and meditation are all available to us here, and we would do well to stop our headlong rush to take deep advantage of their restorative powers. These are the words of an anonymous person who was living in a spiritual community when they decided to work at an AIDS hospice. Once a month I would retreat, my heart longing for silence. I would stand in line when the gift of food was presented and feel how each thing there, even the most ordinary, was held in a holy way. This is actually how it is all the time. This is the mystery of grace. I knew it wasn't just the prayer or meditation that was important. It was the silence. Stopping and taking a breath, opening the heart, seeing that the whole planet and everything on it is holy. I want to bring this beauty with me to everyone I touch. I know if I can stop and remember this, life will fulfill its promise to me. My spiritual companions, let us listen for the beating of our own hearts. And even as we seek to love, to feed, and to serve, may we, as Jack Cornfield says, become the sanctuary we seek. May we who have cast our lot here together remember that even in the smallest gestures, as we express the divinity that is within us, we are serving the divine. May we remember the light that is in everyone and let our light so shine.